The 2023 draft is in the books. The Rams are done with their picks. So what happens next? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Travis Rogers. I host the Rams pre-half and post-game show on their flagship station, ESPN 710, getting ready for year number eight of that. And that, of course, is Doug McCain, your co-host of Locked on Rams. You can follow both of us on Twitter, at Travis Rogers for me, at DMAC underscore LA for him. And the second biggest day of the year, uh, DMAC, is the NFL draft, Super Bowl number one, and then the draft. The Rams still not having had a first-round draft pick since Jared Goff about, oh, 900 million years ago. But they put a lot of guys on the board here in the on the first day, or I should say on the second day, 11 picks overall. We're going to break down as many of these as we can. We'll get into a couple of specifics, including Stetson Bennett, who they took out of the University of Georgia, Steve Avila, who was their top overall pick out of TCU. But first, just kind of your main takeaways on how the Rams did in the 2023 draft. Yeah, the way I look at it right now, Travis, is they have 14 chips on that roulette table. And a lot of it's a lot of it gets to me. You're pretty much doing an educated guess on a lot of these guys. But I like the direction they headed. I feel like this was the Aaron Donald, the Matthew Stafford draft. Last year you saw they did double up on some cornerbacks. And we thought, yeah, they might go with an outside cornerback position. But the reality is that is a fluky position. It's a volatile position. I love the fact that you go with an offensive line with the 36 pick in the draft we know that championships are made in the trenches and to kind of go back to your point you were talking about earlier would the would the rams maybe consider going up into that first round you saw it was reported they were in contact with some teams they were looking at five players on the offensive side of the ball we talked about possibly going for zay flowers but i think it was a sensible draft for the rams a practical draft and i really like what they did yeah i, I like that word that you used doug the, the sensible portion of it because this felt like a draft that, you know what, we have so many holes to fill on this roster. Let's just take some guys that we have a very good feeling are going to be pretty good NFL players. Maybe not some big swings, you know, the the boom and bust of it all. Obviously, in the first round, you're trying to find some guys that might be some starters on day one, maybe some guys that will be a pro bowler at some point in their career. But that they don't have any of these and haven't had any of these and that their 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 overall draft has been more towards the the back half of the draft as opposed to the top half of the draft let's just find some guys that you can put in and play let's find some guys that maybe aren't starters for us in the short term but maybe might provide some depth that they had because you go back to what you saw last year and this is the this is the bugaboo of every NFL team every NFL team's starters are pretty good it's when you get down into that second level, and sometimes, like we saw last year at the Rams, third level and even beyond that, do you have some guys that can go there? I don't know if what we saw them do over the weekend is going to make Rams fans' socks roll up and down as far as what they had. Maybe you know, Stetson Bennett might be the name in the draft because he was the quarterback of the national championship team. But when you look at it, they addressed a lot of their needs. They addressed needs on the defensive line. They addressed needs on their offensive line. They addressed a need at tight end. They addressed some needs in the secondary. It felt like they just kind of bought a little bit out of each item of the store, and now they're going to go in and figure out how many of these guys are actually NFL players. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the way this roster is constructed constructed with so many holes to fill, they didn't have the luxury to go out there and make these flashy picks. You're not going to be looking at maybe having an infinity pool when the roof is leaking, right? You need to focus on their needs. And I love what they did when you trade back to get a fourth rounder in Stetson Bennett. You trade back a couple more times to gain picks in the fifth and the sixth round. They trade up for a running back in Zach Evans, grabbing him out of the sixth round. So there was a little bit of flash there, but for the most part, it was a lot of picks where you have guys that have a legit chance to start right away and also provide some depth for the future. There are some upside picks in there as well, but for the most part, this was a team that needed a lot of picks to really establish their future and just really fill roster spots right now. So I like the guys they got, and I also like the fact that they did go with an offensive line. I remember I was texting you the night before we did our last show about Matthew Stafford, and I said, hey, maybe I'll do a topic on why the Rams should prioritize going with an offensive line to protect Matthew Stafford, who was absolutely abused last season. So I am happy that they did go that route. And I think you just kind of have to accept the fact that this is the year of rebuilding for the Rams. And you're kind of building for that 2024 and beyond when they have more cap space and they get that 2024 first round pick back. Yeah, Doug, I, like you said, this is a sensible draft, and this is something that feels like a long-term play. This is let's add some depth to our f- offensive line. Let's add some depth to the secondary to give Aaron Donald some help up front. Let's go and do this. And I, I think, you know, as, as somebody that's been with this team and watched this team since they came back to Los Angeles, they they kind of telegraph their shots a little bit. And I mean that as a compliment, that this is something when you think w- when they think they have a shot, you're going to know it. They're going to go for it. That's when you go and you see them sign players like Vaughn Miller and you go into OBJ and some very short-term deals, the deal for Matthew Stafford that ultimately is a win-now sort of move. There wasn't any of that going on right here, which I think is kind of telegraphing it in the opposite direction, which is we got a ways to go. This is not a team. Now, you look, it's the NFL. Things break funny, and we're going to get the schedule coming out here in a couple of weeks, and we'll get an idea of, you know, maybe it's a fast start, a slow start, or somewhere in between. But this is a team that is very likely going to be in the middle of the pack in the NFC, maybe even beyond that. We can talk about how they might fall into a playoff position at some point uh, just based on the fact that the NFC is not very good. But I think the draft reflects where they believe they are heading into the season, which is let's collect a lot of pieces. Let's see which of these pieces are going to be useful to us, not just right now, but maybe a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, when they really start to hit that gas again and decide that we're back inside a championship window because what they did and how and they were very, you know, collect picks, move back when you can, take value when you find it, and take that pick a player right there. This wasn't splashy. This wasn't incredibly exciting. This was just very, very stock the cupboard type of stuff. Oh, no doubt about it, Travis. And I think, too, what it indicated to me was they're really in that next phase of trying to get back to the Super Bowl. And they know that requires a reset. And you get all these lottery tickets, these scratch-offs. And the more that you have, the more you have better chance to actually hit on some of these guys. But also, too, I think the formula for this team is to get depth, to develop guys in the later rounds. And I do think they're still going to use those first-round picks in the future for established stars when they want to make another run. Like you said, when they put want to put their foot on the gas once again. Look, you had Moneyball in baseball. I haven't really figured out the perfect name for it, but it really is Sneedball when you talk about this formula that he has of drafting and developing guys, and they're still going to use those picks. And we've seen other teams trying to emulate it, but the Rams are the team that actually got a Super Bowl out of it. So yeah, I think this was a necessary evil 
for the Rams and the Rams fans to say, hey, you have to take a step back to really put yourself in a position that you can win in the future. And I think that the superstars on this team, they're okay with that. I like what Les Snead said about Aaron Donald when he told him, hey, you're going to be playing around some young guys. And Aaron Donald told him, hey, I just hope that they care. So really, it's about that Rams culture and having the current stars teach the next generation. And then once they're ready to really win and push all those chips in again, they're going to have the pieces for it. All right, let's take a look at some of the players specifically that the Rams did. We're going to take a look at their top overall pick at a TCU, Steve Avila. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Rams. But first, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar, right? Everybody needs that snack. You, whether you're in the car, you're at work, you're at home, you're watching TV, you're watching the game, whatever you need, you need that delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever, Built you got to try this. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I don't know how they do it. It's not really part of my business. But I do know that they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Over 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 14 grams of proteins. Right now, you do not need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built but Built at Built.com. But right now, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get specialty flavors at Built.com. So if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puffs and churro puffs, and you can absolutely thank me later. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to be talking some about the later round guys, maybe some of the steals in the draft. And what do you know? The Rams actually have Mr. Irrelevant on this team. We saw Brock Purdy last year. Can we get one of those? We'll be doing that on the next edition of Locked on Rams. All right, thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, not only can follow Doug and myself on Twitter, at Travis Rogers and at DMAC underscore LA, but you can also check us out on YouTube as well. Our Locked on Rams YouTube channel is a great way to take in the pot. So Rams had their first pick early in the second round, number 36 overall, and like Doug, we've talked about, we thought they maybe go defense. We thought that you might go, you know, edge. We thought that you might see somebody taken on a corner. And the Rams did the thing that I love. I, I can't tell you how much I like it when teams reinvest in an offensive line. That's exactly what they did. They go and they get Steve Avila at TCU, who mostly a guard, can play center, even played some tackle at TCU. This is somebody that is incredibly versatile up and down that offensive line for the Rams, something that they value a great deal. We've seen them move just about all of their old linemen over the years up and down that line, maybe with the exception of Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein, everybody in the interior there. There, and Avalis seems to slot right into what the Rams love to do. Almost an immediate starter, come in and be able to play three positions and play three of them very well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you love his versatility. You love the fact that really was one of the top offensive linemen in all of college football last season, but he can play center. He can play along that interior offensive line. And also he has just that pass protection ability that you love and to plug him in in day one to try to protect Matthew Stafford, to protect this Rams 
offensive line is absolutely pivotal. And I think I just love the fact, I mean, zero sacks in 10 pressures in 515 dropbacks in 2022. He's elite in pass protection. He could improve as a run blocker. But look, he was at the top of the Rams board. They got the guy they wanted. And I just love that they went this route. I love the fact that, yes, cornerback, it was, was a need. Yes, edge rusher was a need. But you don't find guys that bring you this potential stability that he brings in the later round. So you had to grab him with that pick. And I think it was the right move by the Rams at number 36. You know, it, it, this this may not be exactly what you want, and it's not going to determine net maybe one player over another. But one of the things I really like about this player and one of the things I like about Stetson Bennett later, which we'll get to in just a minute, I like guys that come from programs that are winning programs. I like guys that come from places that are used to winning, expect to win, know how to win, and not coming into a place where it's like, okay, I was in a program that was in college football that my three years there, we went, you know, 17 and 19 or whatever the numbers might be. Give me a guy that's on a team that is in a winning culture that steps into another culture where the expectations are very, very high. And that's one of the things that Avila is, is coming from a TCU program. Yeah, we, I know I saw it at SoFi too. Maybe the ending wasn't great, but they got there by playing some really excellent football. I love guys that come from winning programs. Yeah, I think you consider that comes from winning program. He played in these big games against these big schools, and he dominated against Michigan, against Georgia throughout his entire season. He was also the team captain, so he has those leadership qualities. So he has the talent to be an elite pass blocker. He can also bring that those blocks with the A-gap. So, yeah, I think he really is the complete package as far as potential goes. And if you look at Allen, I mean, he basically took a pay cut at the center position. So I think you could possibly see him slot it in there sooner than later. And it's a clear move for the future. It's a clear move that's done for 5, 10, 12 years, not a move for a run out of the Super Bowl in the near future. So I like the fact that they are thinking long-term with this pick, and I think is a great culture guy, like you said, coming out of that TCU program under Sonny Dykes that they won tons of games. And, yeah, I think he also had success playing in SoFi. So, yeah, I love this pick, and I also think, too, when you consider the fact that Avila is someone that was at the top of their board that they wanted, and they didn't, they probably might have been tempted to go with a flashier player. They said, you know what, let's take a deep breath. Let's stick to the plan this draft, and they did that. So that's what I was so happy about. I thought that this organization, maybe they go outside of that, but they stuck to their guns. They go with Avila, and I think this is a move that's going to pay dividends for years to come. This is an offensive line group last year that was the second worst in the NFL when it came to allowing sacks. This was a group that had all sorts of injury problems along the way. And they're going to be, they, they, they can't be any worse. They're going to get better just yep. if everybody stays healthy along the way. But you get Avila back, and now you have Logan Bruss, who missed all of last season as well. And forget, he was their top pick overall last year out of Wisconsin. He had the injury in the preseason, didn't play a single regular season snap. So you basically have two brand new guys that you're able to put in there and bookend with whoever else you're going to, whether it's Havenstein, whether it's Noteboom, whether it's Shelton, whether it's Allen, any of these guys guys that you put together the rest of that line but you have two young athletic dynamic offensive linemen coming back getting ready to start in their NFL careers yeah no you said it best I mean the fact that there was so much inconsistency with this line last season you had 10 different uh, offensive line alignments for Matthew Stafford he was hit more than ever under a Sean McVay offense so they realized that you have to prioritize that position you know that championships are won in the trenches and yeah this was absolutely the right pick in my opinion and this is something that this organization 
is going to be focusing on for the next few drafts is kind of getting those stable picks in these rounds. So, yeah, I couldn't be happier about Avila. I think there are, look, I mean, they had the Florida guard, Osiris Torrance. He was another guy that was kind of high on their board, another guy that had a lot of talent. But this made the most sense. I mean, he is such a massive human being. He not really is your road grade kind of, just rushing blocker like you kind of tend to see. But as far as pass protection, he's elite. I still think he has room to grow. All right, so we've talked a lot about quarterbacks on this show. We're going to continue to talk a lot about quarterbacks on this show. The Rams finally took a quarterback in the draft, Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. Where does he slot in? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. Thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Travis Rogers. He's Doug McCain. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well, our Locked on Rams YouTube channel. Great, great way to check out all of your Locked on podcasts. All right, so big name, um, national championship winning quarterback, uh, a bit of a divisive personality, perhaps, in Stetson Bennett, who the Rams picked up uh, over the weekend in the draft. And it, it, it's interesting because the Rams obviously have a high-level NFL quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who's coming back from an injury, who we expect to be fully healthy. He says that he's fully healthy and ready to go. You know that the two backup quarterbacks they had, well, I guess three backup quarterbacks that they had last year are all down the road in Bryce Perkins and John Wolford and, of course, Baker Mayfield. So Stetson Bennett comes in as the presumed number two quarterback on your roster. What do you make of it? Because I know I'm fully aware of the contradiction that I'm about to say, that I say how much I like these guys that come from winning programs. But Stetson Bennett was basically on an NFL team in college, that that Georgia team had so much high-level talent around it and taking nothing away from Bennett. I wonder how much of the, the winning and the success that we saw was a function of being surrounded by all of these guys and how much of it is a function of being a great quarterback because we all know his story. Start 100 other players wound up back at Georgia, wins a national championship, now, all of a sudden, he's a Los Angeles Ram. Yeah, Travis, I have a lot of thoughts on this pick by the Rams. And we talked, of course, about DTR as a possible selection right. there. And right after that pick was made, I quote tweet. I said, oh, they should have gone with DTR. And then I deleted the tweet because I kind of I kind of came down to life there. And, and I really thought that, hey, when you look at this pick in its totality, this is a guy that can absolutely be a very serviceable backup quarterback. I mean, he has all the tools. He has what it takes to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. There are some pros. There are some cons. But I want to first touch on your point where he's playing with this Georgia team that had so much talent. Yes, the deck was stacked for him in Georgia. But look, if you have the keys to a Bentley, you still have to know how to drive it. And he leads them to back-to-back national championships. You know his story. He started at Georgia as a walk-on. And then Justin Fields, he commits there. So he ends up transferring to a junior college, and then he transfers back to Georgia and leads them to two national championships. Now, the Rams, they tweeted that he has that dog in him. No, he has that underdog in him. So he's been able to have success wherever he's been. And I watched that Ohio State-Georgia game last night. And look, they were trailing in that game, and he made all the throws to get him back in that game. I mean, he makes the game-winning throw late. And look, he doesn't have great arm strength or anything like that, but he does have the ability to have that accuracy to 
make throws in tight windows. And also just look at this as a guy that is a very high floor, but kind of low ceiling guy. I don't ever see him being a starting quarterback in this league. I mean, I think there's a small chance of that. He's 25 years old. He turns 26 in October. But kind of my theory when it comes to the Rams and picking some of these older players is they know that the value of these players drops when they have older age, when they're 25 or 26 years old. And the Rams realize that a rookie contract is four years. And when they hit that rookie contract and at the end of it, they know they're probably not going to sign them because then you're talking about market value and this team doesn't have very much cap space left. So I think the Rams are content to bring these guys in, get four years out of them, and then kind of go from there. So, yeah, I don't love the pick, especially when you consider the fact that they traded down 16 spots in the third for him. I mean, you could have filled some other needs. You could have addressed some other spots there and then probably could have gotten him in the later round, maybe even as low as the sixth round. But, hey, it has been reported that he was Les Snead's favorite quarterback in this draft, and you don't want to risk not getting your guy. It, it, it'll be interesting, right? The, the, the guy that you hope to never have to use is your backup quarterback, right? You, you, we hope I never see him in a meaningful game because Matthew Stafford is healthy and he's playing well. Yeah. You don't have to use that second guy. The question is, we saw what the Rams did. They had to use four guys last year. So the odds of him having to get some repetitions are, are, are probably pretty high. And I wonder if this is going to be true in L.A. the way that it was in Georgia. I think that the – call it what you want. The, 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 the attitude, the arrogance that he puts out into the universe – when he's on your team, I think it's a pretty endearing quality. You want somebody that's got a little swagger. You want somebody that can kind of come in there and maybe think they're a lot better than they actually are. The question is, does that translate to the NFL? Does that translate to what Sean McVay's doing relative to what Kirby Smart was doing? And can a, a, a an older rookie come in and kind of have that same swagger that he did when he's playing with 19 and 20-year-olds as a 24-year-old as opposed to I'm in the same age as all these guys and – all of these guys have seen everything that I can do and more. But how, how that translates to him getting out on the field, I'm very curious to see it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. I'm hoping it goes the good way, but I've seen that, hey, I'm a lot better than everyone in college. Well, yeah, you're five years older than everybody too. Let's see what happens when you're playing with guys that are kind of in your same category. I'm anxious to see what that looks like when they get on the field for the first time. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's my biggest concern is because from a physical attribute standpoint, he's undersized. He doesn't have a big arm. I think he's underrated as a runner, but we've seen great runners in college and they can't even get around the corner in the NFL. And to your to get back to your point on the swagger that he plays with, the moxie that he plays with, yes, you can do that when you're on this Georgia Bulldog team that is a generational program at this point. But when the deck isn't quite as stacked and you're in the NFL that has so much parity, so much competitive, Competitiveness. Look, it's really not about that. It's about going in there and executing. We've seen guys in the past, Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel, and these guys that have that aura to them. It doesn't play up at much in the National Football League. You need to go out there and make plays. But like you said, if you are seeing him this season, well, then things aren't going very well for the Rams. But, I mean, look, if you talk about Wolford and guys like that, I think he's going to be an upgrade potentially. But I don't think he's going to have a massive impact for this team. But I still kind of like the swag he brings he does bring an energy I do think they kind of fell in love with the narrative of having the two dogs in that quarterback room those Georgia Bulldogs and look I feel like he was at Georgia for so long that maybe at some point he was Matthew Stafford's mentor but I mean, <laughs> I mean the fact that he's on this team look I have no issue with it I just do think I mean look Hayner is another guy 
tune out of Houston. I think they made sense as a more reliable guy where you know what you're going to get. But look, every time this guy has been doubted throughout his career, throughout his life, he has come through. I think there is something to that. I think he needs to tone down kind of the you know, the off the field shenanigans a little bit. Of course, you know, got a little dust up with the law, but nothing major. So you want to clean that up for sure. But I do think the fact that you're learning under Matthew Stafford, he's going to be embraced by him. And I think he can go out there and execute Sean McVay's offense in a pinch. The only issue I have though, is was he going to be around in those later rounds? And could you have gotten a guy with more upside? Because if you look at where he was mocked, I mean, you didn't see him picked as high as the fourth round, but then I always say this is lying season. And we know that, teams out there they're going to be lying about how much they like a guy because they want them to fall they want them to fall in their laps in the later round so look if they wanted their guy they got their guy and they got it with this fourth round pick in Stetson Bennett so we'll talk more about who they got in the last half of the draft and here's the thing Doug you me everyone else that talks about this stuff we'll know who did a good job in the draft in about 2026 that's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of when you'll know who did a good job and who didn't because that's how long it takes this stuff to fall out but we will take a look at how the Rams did in the second half of the draft that's coming up for all you everydayers on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Rams for Doug McCain I'm Travis Rogers this is the Locked on Podcast Network your team every single day until next time whose house it's locked on rams house